There's already a job opening uh, for Wisconsin football. Did you see that? I yep, I applied. Did you? Uh, that's why you got the motion W on well, today? I was told and read and heard there there is a little lack of Wisconsin flavor on the coaching staff. Well, well hang on and a second. That might have been a mistake. Whoa, a uh, little scuttlebutt, a little birdie. Well, no, I mean, that. He's said that oh. in interviews. Uh, RJ, <laughs> RJ stuck his ear in a badger hole, and he heard there's not enough Wisconsin flavor for the coaching staff. Yeah, he. And uh, Fickle's kind of Fickle alluded to is it. Kind, kind of alluded to the fact that there's not really any badger flavor on the coaching staff. And he said he might have rethought that had he had the chance. Well, guess what? <laughs> well, here we, we go. Now we have a, we have an opening. I mean, Mickey Turner's already at Illinois State, which we sure. know is a great rival of Wisconsin. Uh, I always, I always got to listen to the guy. How do you say They've the guy's played name? Many of times. Many of times. Once. Geo, Geo, Gino, Geo. Don't got to worry about it anymore. Not going to work here anymore. I, I, I kept watching <laughs> videos this morning of how to properly say it, and I already forgot to say it. Gino, G- G- damn it. Yep. I heard. I hear Gino. Zach, I hear Zach in the updates, and I still don't know how to say it. <sighs> Because the D and the G are like weird in the last name. Whatever it was, uh, Wisconsin tight ends coach, pass game coordinator, now set to join Notre Dame as his quarterback's coach. Yep. So uh, there's an opening. This is, is this the first blemish oh. on the Luke Fickle era? Is it is no. it officially a? Do we count it as officially a loss if he technically never coached a game? The, I mean, he went out and recruited two six six. I know, but do we technically pencil it as a loss when he's never coached a game? They also, because yes, they won the headlines, but a lot of the people, you know, after you talk about Wisconsin football, everyone's excited. A lot of people do call in with the, the take of, you know, you still got to win on, on the field though. We we never saw him actually on the field. Some of the videos I was watching, they're like, yeah, former Wisconsin coach comes coming into Notre Dame. I'm like, was he a really Wisconsin coach? Can you really say he was a Wisconsin coach? He was a recruiter. Yeah, sure. you, yeah you can say Wisconsin <laughs> recruiter. He went out on the recruiting trail, but did he coach anyone at his time in Wisconsin? I just think he recruited. Hasn't been allowed to. So former Cincinnati coach. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the technicality. Former Cincinnati coach and Wisconsin recruiter now set to join Notre Dame. So <laughs> he's actually a coach though, <laughs> and it's not the first time a new coach. So has would his last coaching stop be Wisconsin or Cincinnati? His last stop was Wisconsin, but his coaching stop is probably and- Cincinnati. The the page the UW Badgers page was updated. He's a he was a coach. I think he the school recognizes. Th- does him it coach. say coach or does it say recruiter? It says tight ends coach. But well, if I don't you know never if, it does anymore. if you never coach a tight end, are you truly a tight ends coach? Sure, a lot of people have done that. <laughs> Look at last year's tight ends coach. Yeah, but he was actually was all right. We're in the schematics now. We're in the we're in the we're in the thick of it. Hey Benjamin, there is an opening. For Wisconsin football now, is this the first blemish on the Luke Fickle era? Is that what you're calling? It? No, I'm just, I'm just messing around. Well, we we were trying to say that this guy can't even be considered a coach for Wisconsin. He never coached again. He never coached. He recruited. Oh, I consider him a coach. What did he do? He's probably the most successful tight ends coach Wisconsin's had. Do like tell. What, is, what has he done? <laughs> well, aside from him, it's Mickey Turner and Chris Herring. <laughs> so pick your poison there. We were saying like it, it was listed as Wisconsin coach. He got two dudes. He got those two tight ends in the 2024 class. Yeah, he recruited them. Which is a big, big thing. So we were saying like, why can't he be called Wisconsin recruiter and former Cincinnati coach? Oh, he coached. What did he do? What did he do? I 
I'm sure he told at least one player. <laughs> like how to do something? A piece of advice on how like, to play football. Take a route like this? Yeah. Okay. Something so th- like that. Okay, if that's the case, then I will say then that is indeed a coach. We know he recruited. So there's a former Wisconsin tight ends coach that doesn't have a job right now that maybe they could bring back. And who's that, Ben? Do you guys have any guesses? Who is it? Paul Christ. Dude. <laughs> Admit I think it, what is what's Paul doing? He's chilling somewhere. He's living the buyout life. God, that sounds Which like a nice a, life. That sounds like the life. Hey, for that's me. the life that Jim Leonard's living right now. Uh, but I, Paul Chris buyout was, was much more bigger was than Jimmy's. Big. What was Jimmy's like a million? Yeah, something like that. And Paul's was like thirteen at least. Oofta. Uh, it's a lucrative life, so he's enjoying it. But it, there are some legendary former tight end coaches. Paul there's Chris. Chris. There's Joe Rudolph. He used to coach tight ends. He did. But he has a job somewhere else. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, he. I don't know if they'd want him back. There's Mickey Turner, and there's Chris Herring. And you would say you would put your eggs in the Paul Chris basket if it were up to you. Out of those four? Yeah. That'd be pretty nice, wouldn't it? That'd I, be good for the content, though. That would be great. Uh, let's go to the phones. Job opening, though. No blemish for the Luke Fickle era. Yeah, I mean, clearly they have to, like, Guidogli, I don't even know yeah, how to I don't know how to say the guy's name. And it, 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 how are you saying it's wrong? I know that. Yeah, I'm never going to need to. Whatever. But he is a good recruiter. We He's figured good, it out this morning. Big time recruiter in the Midwest. What was it again, Rowdy? It was. God. I don't want to know. It's okay. No, we we did it phonetic. We, we uh, damn it. It's Gaduli. Gaduli. Yeah. Okay. Gaduli with the gabagool. Okay. gabagool. Feels good to have the Led Zeppelin out, man. Got to get the lead out with our guy, Rob Reichel, or should I say, Roberto Reichel. Hey, Rob, hey, I missed you last week when I was in Mexico. What's going on? Yeah, I don't think you missed me too much, Evo. I, uh, I, Rob, I saw Rob. some of the social media pictures and social media posts. You you were in a far happier and better place than, than Rob Reichel was and, hey. and, 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 and everybody else in Dane County and everybody else in Wisconsin. I woke up last Thursday at 8.20 and I mean, was like, God, I miss Rob. And then I went right back to bed. <laughs> There's my tequila hangover. So You're, You rolled over next to your beautiful wife and you thought, who the hell was this Rob guy well, the, again? You know, the sun's shining through. We can hear the ocean. Yep. And you're seeing the ocean hit the beach and you're looking over you know, you're smoking hot life, and I'm like, I miss Rob. <laughs> yeah, you you you, you want to keep you want to keep selling that lie, Evo. It's not a lie. Po- I'm, I'm going to get you into politics by 2026 or something. So. Oof, I got too many skeletons in the closet for that, Rob, and not enough <laughs> money, and not enough money to make them go away. <laughs> hey, Robbie, Robbie. Uh, all right, so I asked Rowdy yesterday. I said, did the four days of darkness news hit when you had Robbie on last Thursday? And I think he said, yeah, it just had hit. Uh, Rob, your take quickly on the four days of darkness, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Is, uh, or are you more of a, like a Brett Favre approach, like maybe take four days on a bender and make a decision? I think I said to Rowdy last week, can we, can we, can we uh, put him in a Turkish prison in darkness for four days? <laughs> can, 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 we, can we try that as this? Ongoing, endless, ridiculous story and saga can continue to continue to drag on. I had a, I, 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 I had a friend of mine in the league this week say to me, or last week, you both say to me, um, "How was four days in, in, in darkness any different from him? Is, isn't he home, kind of with by, by himself? Uh, <laughs> m- most 
most of the time anyways at, at this time of the year, you know, with his imaginary <laughs> friends. Rob, so, let me ask you. Um, uh, uh, okay, so growing up, you know, watching football, how, you know, it used to be like not as, you know, corporatized, all the commercials and just kind of just the game, right? And then you have the NFL films, like with the NFL, you know, films, music and like t- popping in VHS tapes, like watching your favorite teams, like, you know, march to the Super Bowl back in the day. And then you go to school, you're like, I want to co- like be a journalist and cover the Packers. Did you ever think in all of your childhood and then all of your schooling and the beginning of your career or hell, even just a year ago, that you'd be talking about one of your players, the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, taking ayahuasca and doing four days of darkness to simulate DMT? Do you ever think that would ever happen like when you were a kid growing up? Evo, I wouldn't have thought it would have happened three years ago. You know, I mean, he's definitely one of the more unique dudes that have ever has ever come through the league, right? Which, yeah. which I which I understand is part of the fascination with him and and why anything, you know, that he does and people write about winds up, you know, becoming major clickbait as he calls it or leading ESPN on a given night or, or you know, you, something you can talk about on your news on, on on your talk show for you know, three out of four hours on a, on a given day, and, and a lot of the listeners will still be interested. He's, he's definitely a unique cat, Evo. What, what, what I will say is, is he's a very tough guy if you're um, in a management position to try to build a football team around because year in and year out at this stage of his career, remember now he's 39 now, he'll turn 40 during the season this year. You, you just don't know if he's quote unquote all in like so many of your other guys. He, you know, he, the, the, you know the, the season feels like it ended about three months ago, right? It's about six, five, six weeks, I guess. I mean, but but you you would have, <clears throat> excuse me, you would have thought by now, the guy would have figured something out and given some answers to his higher ups and his bosses and yeah. things like that. And 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 if you're a Brian Gutekunst, uh, Evo, if, you, if 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 you're Russ Ball trying to put this all together, if you're Matt Lafleur trying to figure out who, you know, who, who's your quarterback in, in 2023. He's a really tough guy to plan around. And, and, and even if he is back, Evo, you, you know, you're probably not getting the off season out of him, right? You're not getting, you're not getting OTAs. You're not getting mini camps and, and, and the receiving group is going to look dramatically different again next year when it's all said and done. I don't think most of these veterans are going to be back. It's, you know, it's, it's going to be a couple of young guys and they're going to draft. They're going to draft two or three more again, I think to, to this particular draft. So um, no, if your initial question, Evo, it's, I, you know, that that's what makes this business fun, though, right? It's curveballs coming out of left field, and and, and and we'll write about anything, and you'll talk about anything, and it, and, it, and it makes it kind of fun. I just, you know, again, if you're in a management situation, that you know, if, and you have Patrick Mahomes, you know where he is on March 1st, and he's grinding with his guys, right? And yeah. for 20 years, you knew what Tom Brady was doing. He was grinding with his guys, and right now, you just don't know what you have with Aaron Rodgers. Well, we know where he is. He's going to be in a room for four days. So like, at least we know for four days what he's doing. He's in a room in, in, in complete darkness, molded by it, Robbie. Hey, speaking of uh, we know where Mahomes is going to be, uh, we know where Brady is now. It's going to be the broadcast booth. Just 10 minutes ago up at Forbes.com, I see Rob Reichel, a new article out. Where do odds makers believe Aaron Rodgers is going to be playing uh, next or this coming year, Robbie? Yeah, you know, and these change quite a bit, although they don't move as dramatically right now as they were a week or two ago. But Las Vegas has clearly become the favorite across the league, Evo, um, with with gambling sites and, and, and the fine folks in the desert that, that, let's be honest, a lot of times they have information that nobody else has, and that's, that's how these odds get, get set and built. A lot of people turn and look to Vegas first these days when, when they're looking at at things like this, because you, you don't build a place like Caesars by getting all these bets wrong. Right. You know, they're 
they're, they're winning these bets and they're, and they're cashing them out and they're building their next monstrosity in, in, in that wonderful, beautiful city of evil. And uh, no, so Vegas right now is, is, is the front runner with, with most people. And, and actually even at, you know, minus 300 is the latest I've seen, which means, you know, you've got to bet 30 bucks for those, you know, who don't, who won't, you know, the layman out there who don't totally understand gambling, you got to put down 30 bucks to get 10 back. And, uh, you know, so Vegas right now is kind of a prohibitive favorite. They, they got, they moved on from Derek Carr two days ago. I think it was on Valentine's day. Um, nice way to you know, <laughs> kiss, kiss, kiss their franchise quarterback goodbye yeah, right. and send, send him on his way. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it obviously would, you know, set up the storyline of the, of the reuniting with, with Devonte Adams and, you know, the, those, those two were posting pictures a couple of years ago about their last dance. Well, you know, maybe, maybe their dance isn't over, Evo. Maybe, maybe they've got another dance in them. So right now, <laughs> Vegas is the favorite. The, the Jets are second. Um, I think they're at like plus 200, which, which again means, you know, you, you, you put down 10 bucks, you get 20 back. And everybody knows the backstory there. Nathaniel Hackett, who failed miserably in Denver as the head coach, was, was, was Rogers' offensive coordinator for three years in Green Bay. He's now the OC with the jets and um they missed they missed badly it appears with, with zach wilson and they'll move on from him and bring yes. in a veteran this offseason so vegas is number two and then or i'm sorry the jets are number two evo and then and then there's really kind of a, a dramatic drop from there tampa bay san francisco tennessee kind of all in that range of you know about plus 1400 to maybe plus 2000 so the the, the jets in vegas the prohibitive favorites the clear-cut favorites Again, all these bets are is the Packers aren't even included in this Ebo, so all the bets are kind of sure, off, sure. out the window if he winds up back in Green Bay, which I still think is a distinct possibility. I don't think I don't think this is a given. I don't think it's a clear cut that they move on from Aaron Rodgers, but but kind of by the day, I'm leaning more and more to thinking Rodgers will be in a different uniform. Yeah, we, Rowdy and I kind of leaning that way too. Like at first, I'm like, you know, from the press conference for the final game, I'm like, well, he maybe he's retiring, but I think he's coming back. And then I'm like, I think he's coming back, coming back, coming back. And then this past, you know, what week and two weeks and change, I've been like, I don't know, man. I think he might be wearing another uniform this coming year. So we'll see. What we have in Jordan Love, I guess. And then uh, who was out there rowdy championing for Jordan Love in the media cycle the other day? Uh, well, Aaron, Aaron Jones? Jones talked very highly of him, and and obviously his facial expression made me believe that he thinks Jordan Love can be a quarterback in this league and has some pretty good talent. And then we saw that during the year on his on his live was it TV show, uh, Devondre Campbell talked up Jordan Love's abilities and uh, Dalian Levitt also was on that same show and was talking about it. Now, some of those guys are closer to Jordan Love than others, like Levitt played with him in college, or some of these guys are, you know, buddies with them. But just by how they talked and how they looked when talking about him, they it I believe that they, they're either genuinely happy for Jordan Love that he's gonna get a shot or that he's really a player. Well, and I think I mentioned this to Nelly last week, Ebo. Um, you know, the, the buzz at the Senior Bowl a couple of weeks back with, with a lot of the journalists who were down there that I that I talked to who were covering that was that Brian Gutekunst is going to be all in on Jordan Love. And we'll, we'll see. You know, there's there's still going to be a lot of hoops that have to get jumped through. And, you know, the, the trade would have to be made and the contract would have to probably be adjusted. And, you know, salary cap wise, they've got to make a lot of things work. So it's, you know, it, it, it's going to be a lengthy process. I think if they eventually, if both sides eventually do decide that, that, that it's going to be a better fit for Rogers in 2023 to be in a different uniform, but it's, it certainly sounds 
that that the buzz around the league is that Brian Gutekunst is ready to turn the page, and, and he wants to see what he has there in 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 the guy that he took. Yeah. The, you know, not not only drafted in the first round, Evo in in twenty twenty, but he moved up to get him, and and it and, and it's and it's and it's time to find out. And 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 Nelly made a couple of good points there. You know, a lot of these guys on the team saw it day in and day out in practice, much like they did with Rodgers back in that old seventh season. Uh, you know, when, when Favre was in his final year in Green Bay, everybody knew at that point in time, or certainly just had, had an inkling in Green Bay, that Rodgers was going to turn into a really good quarterback. And I, and I do think there's a, a, a general belief in the organization that, that Love can be that guy. Now, is he going to be the third Hall of Famer in a role? No, I doubt it. I mean, that, that's a ton to ask, obviously, right? But uh, Love made some throws. If, 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 you're, if your listeners out there want to go back and, you know, over their lunch today or tonight and, and just, you know, watch a few of the throws Love made in that Philadelphia game. They can find them real quick on YouTube or whatever sure, it is. Sure. I mean, they, uh, Evo, he made throws. He made a few throws in that game, including one of, you know, a throw to Cobb that should have been a touchdown that Cobb dropped. I mean, Love finished that game 6-9. He should have been 8-9. He had two drops along the way. But he made a, he made a couple of throws in that game that, that I'm telling you, Evo, 10 to 12 guys maybe in the league can make mm. another 20, another 20 can't make them. Now that doesn't mean he can do it consistently and he can go out and win 12 games a year and all that kind of stuff. He's, he's going to have to take a, he's going to have to, you know, keep getting better and take a jump. But again, I, I think there's enough that he's shown and enough flashes. And again, he's taken, taken such a dramatic jump over the last couple of years that, that they believe in green Bay. They might have their guy for the next five, six years. All right. We'll see more will be revealed, Robbie. Hey, I wanted to save a little time to ask you this. Um, Uh-oh. Well, real quick, Rob, I did see some people talking about how Derek Carr Robbie, might be uh-oh. a realistic <laughs> option for the green Bay Packers, no. but that makes absolutely no, no sense no to me. Way. Why would you move on for Rogers, not go with the cheap Jordan love just to bring in a Derek Carr? That made absolutely no sense to me. No, I, I, I'm with you a thousand percent there, Nelly. At, at this point in time, I, I think either you either run it back with the with the veteran who, you know, again, we, we, we've watched this story with Rodgers for the last 12 years. We, we kind of know how it's going to end, but at, at least there's a comfort level there. And, you know, if, if you do decide to bring him back, I, you know, I guess whatever it's it's it, it, it's a better option there i guess if you're going to go with a veteran than tar um but 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 if you're not going to go with rogers then you obviously turn the page to me and you find out what you have in the young guy in, in jordan love and and see if he is indeed your your future and your franchise and not and not only that guys i you know if you do move on from rogers and and, and let's be honest that this, this is the perfect time because you're going to get some draft capital for him. You're probably going to get a one and a three, a one and a two. You know, maybe if you get into a bidding war, maybe you can even somehow steal a couple of ones from somebody if if, if a team comes out of nowhere and, and wants them desperately enough. Let's let's say, you know, like Washington or something that wants to make a splash with a new owner or whatever it turns out to be. Green Bay is going to want to draft a quarterback as well, just in case things don't go well with Jordan Love. They're, they're going to want to groom the next guy as well. And if, and if Jordan Love hits a home run and he's your guy, then, then you've got a chip in, the, in a couple of years that you can go ahead and trade and, and probably get back you know, that same draft capital, if not more, that you invested in the quarterback yeah. right now. So, no, I, I'm, I'm with you, Nelly. That there's no upside at this point with, with a guy like Carr. To me, it's Rodgers or it's Love. And and you, and you go forward, and, and probably no matter what, you're going to need to draft one because if you do bring back Aaron Rodgers, here's a whole other topic, guys. 
But then you got to find out, you know, is, is Jordan Love going to come right. back and is he going to be a happy camper? And what do you do with his fifth-year option? So, again, when you add it all up, guys, I, I think moving on from Rodgers is, 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 is the ideal move at this point in time. All right, Rob, speaking of happy campers, uh, I got a lot of messages yesterday when the news uh, – well, a, a couple of messages two days ago and then a lot of more, more messages yesterday when I'm going to take two topics and combine it into one. And I wanted to save a little time at the end. You know, he went, uh-oh, I think you know where I'm going with this. My question for Rob Reichel, Forbes.com, who is, you know, speciality of the Green Bay Packers, but also has got his finger on the pulse of all Wisconsin sports teams. Robbie, the Milwaukee Brewers <laughs> get $290 million from the $7 billion surplus from Governor Tony Evers. And also, they just won their arbitration battle against Corbin Burns. They did not want to pay him an extra $740,000. They win. What does Rob Reichel think of the Brewers getting a little more money and also kind of, I don't know, boning Corbin Burns, the Cy Young Award winner in ace. You had Mr. Burns against Corbin Burns yesterday, didn't you? Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, what a, what what a all-time embarrassment. And, and, and you, 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 you could almost define it as a franchise low when they're bickering with the best pitcher maybe that they've ever had over 700 grand. And now – and. Now, now, now I, I will say this, and th- th- this is just again. I, I don't know that anybody wants to hear my politics, Evo, but I'm just I'm a big believer that public tax money should never go to private businesses, whether that's the Bucks, the Brewers, the Packers, whoever. I want it in my pocket. I want my money back. I mean, Evo, if you go and open the you know the Evo gym for studs, <laughs> uh, Tony Evers isn't going to bail you out when things start to go. Well, bad. he's not welcome either because he's not a stud. So. Yeah, you know, and Tommy Thompson, what of, et cetera, et cetera. It's yeah. just, you know, I, I'm, just, I'm not, I, I've never been an advocate of, of, of the taxpayer money going to a private business. Mark, Mark Atanasio does not need that money. He, you know, he, a second, he doesn't deserve the money because he's probably just going to stick it in his pocket um, and, and things like that. So, so that, I mean, I don't want to get long winded and, and go all politics in, in, in that situation, Evo, but I'm not, I'm, as you can tell, I'm not a fan of, of having the surplus go to that well, it's, I mean it's our money it's our money so <laughs> yes I'm not I'm, I'm I'm not a fan and I I feel terrible for Corbin Burns and and again yesterday Evo the the the, the Brewers told the world exactly who they are right I mean they're <laughs> that they're, they're, they're they're digging around under every couch cushion they can to find every nickel possible and, <laughs> and Aunt is gonna stick it in his pocket and, and not give it to his players which is which is why nobody wants to go and play for the Brewers. Robbie at this point if I were to get a check back from the government because we have a surplus, I think I would rather turn around and spend it on the next um, stock sale for the Green Bay Packers, which is worth absolutely nothing, than allow Mark Ananasio and the Brewers to have it. And, and the point there, and the point there, Nelly, is it should be your choice. Exactly, Rob. And, exactly. and I'd rather spend it on the Mallards. Or you know, go go watch a, a little league baseball game than 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 watch the Brewers and, and that you know ridiculous organization. Ah! Yeah, <laughs> I I had so many listeners like I can't wait for you to ask Robbie about the Brewers. Like I literally can't <laughs> wait. Uh, and Rob, really quick, since I got you and I missed you, I'm trying to make up for lost time for last week. Oh, by the way, no quarter Led Zeppelin playing. Um, great song. I don't think I've ever played this uh, for your outro, but Robbie. Uh, the uh, Wisconsin Badgers. What do we think about you know the win over Michigan and then Rutgers coming up? Got to string a few together now, right? Yes, sir. I mean, they they, they drive you nuts when they miss fifteen shots in a row or whatever the number was to end the basketball yep, they, game. You're correct. And they, you know, and they, and they and they can't get a field goal for the last half of the game. 
Um, but they're, they're still alive. They, they still have a pulse, and they've got enough home games where, you know, the, the, tournament, do it? Is the tournament is certainly possible. You know, Evo, it might come down to that Purdue game. And, and that and that, and that's and that's a scary proposition, isn't it? That that's a scary thought if they can if they can go beat Edie and that team. And, and either way, they're going to have to win a game or two, obviously, in the, in the Big Ten tournament yeah. to get in. Um, boy, I'm, I'm, right now I'm I'm going to say no, Evo, because they haven't shown you the consistency to, to to roll off three or four in a row here. You know, it just seems like every time they win a game, they lose a game. And you just you watch know, every card time, surprise every you. Every time you think things are going okay, they have a Nebraska moment along the way. Um, guards so, coming for you, Robbie. Guards coming for you. Well, guard, guard, guards got to come first for Rutgers. How about that? <laughs> All right, sounds good. So, Robbie, I missed um, you, man. A pleasure having you. It's, uh, like, I could talk for hours with you. but you know. well, well, we'll do that someday. I'll pop in on a Thursday, and, and we'll, we'll just go four hours. How's that? Sold. Done. You don't even have to tell me. Just be a surprise, all right? We love you, Robbie. You know, no, you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll do that like leading into the draft. That'd be fun. Uh, Rob, you have open invitation whenever you want, dude. I'll give you the key the key fob to get in, all right? You're the, you're, you're the best. I'm, I'm, just, I'm glad you're back safe and sound and, and had the vacation of a lifetime. I love you, Robbie. We'll check out Forbes.com, Rob Eichel on Twitter, and just, you know, all the love in the air. I can feel it from Robbie. We love you, man. All Talk right, to you later. boys. Talk next week. See you. Thanks. A lot, lot of love for Rob. Yesterday, we were talking about the arbitration battle between Corbin Burns and the Milwaukee Brewers. Corbin Burns, the two-time All-Star, went to salary arbitration with the crew. And guess what? The arbiter sided with the Milwaukee Brewers. Burns asked for a $6.55 million raise to $10.75 million. The Brewers said, nah, you know what? We're going to argue $10.01 million. And uh, during a hearing before three people, the trio of judges, sided with Milwaukee's figure. Rowdy, this is wild to me. Uh, Corbin Burns uh, led the National League with strikeouts, 243, second in the big leagues, just behind Garrett Cole. Uh, He won a Cy Young in 2021. Last year, he was 12-8 with a 2.94 ERA. He's been one of the top five pitchers for the past couple of years. And the Brewers came out and said, we're not going to give you the $740,000 extra that you want. We'll take you to arbitration. Uh, In fact, we'll read the uh, comments from Matt Arnold, the Brewers GM, were very interesting. And the arbiters sided with the Milwaukee Brewers. What kind of message does this send to the Brewers, Corbin Burns? Well, the the team and Corbin Burns, I should say, Rowdy, with this uh, Brewers playing, I don't know, cheap ball. There's money ball, then there's cheap ball. This is cheap ball. Yeah, the 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 odds that Corbin Burns is a Milwaukee Brewer post twenty twenty four are zero. Not happening. There's no way. No way. No chance in in hell. Now, you can talk to some of the beat writers from Milwaukee, and they'll give you the company line, and then you can try and get in on some people that might work around the building and or know people that do, and hear some rumors here and there. There was already rumors going around, and it's not like you really had to be in the know at all, that Corbin Burns in the front office weren't weren't really on the same page. Yeah. And you can even go back to last year and hear those same type rumors that Josh Hader and the front office weren't really on the same page. Well, you saw what Hader's fate was. <laughs> yep. He was traded. He was said, we'll see you later. I don't think fans have forgot about that yet. And a terrible trade, by the way. Corbin Burns... Not yet traded, but he hasn't hit the point in his current. Um, if 
They trade Corbin Burns in the exact point that they traded Josh Hader last year in his arbitration. Uh-huh. That means they will trade Corbin Burns at this deadline. Yeah. So uh, Corbin Burns, we get him what this last year, and that's it. I think this is his last year. I don't think they actually trade Corbin Burns during the deadline like they did Josh Hader because I don't see him struggling like Josh Hader did yeah. and having kind of some of the off the field issues with his wife and and family and what they were going sure, through. Sure, sure. But also, I don't see him being in a Brewers uniform in twenty twenty four. There's no way. There's absolutely and and for somehow if he is in a Brewers uniform in twenty twenty four, there's no way he makes it past the trade deadline. You know for a fact a guy that's that valuable, that's worth that much. There's no way the Brewers just let him walk away without no, getting something for him. And if they do, I really question what's going on in the front office of the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, so yesterday, Rowdy, we had Corbin Burns. Uh, he was up for arbitration, or you know, having his arbitration case. Uh, Brady Singer, he also lost his battle. So Singer uh, will get 2.95 million rather than the 3.325 that he wanted from the Royals. And then let's see here, uh, a couple guys. Won their battle. Another one lost. Teams right now. I love this how they're like keeping uh, scores. Teams have a five to three lead in arbitration decisions right now. So right now, Major League Baseball, the teams are winning over the players five to three. All right. So is this? Now I'm gonna I'm gonna save the Matt Arnold comment and we're gonna read it uh, a little later from the Brewers GM. Is this just? Is this business like is this like part of the game for you know both players and teams and it is what it is it's no bad blood or is this sending a message like no like we're the Brewers we're gonna decide what's best we're, even though you want to saw Young you had a career best thirty three starts you know you had the most strikeouts in the NL uh, you've been our, our ace for a couple, past couple of years here uh, we we make the decisions. Like, is this just business, you know, as it is year after year in Major League Baseball? Or is it really the Brewers being donkeys? Well, the Brewer, we know that the Brewers have been cheap for a long time. <laughs> but this just feels like being cheap just to be cheap. It's $740,000, right? Yeah, and it's, and it's clearly one of your best players. Yeah. Like, if you want to nickel and dime players, go nickel and dime the fringe Major League Baseball players where it's like, okay, well, if they don't like it and they're not happy, we'll go find another guy just like him off the scrap heap. Um, Good luck going and finding some other guy in free agency that you can afford that is Corbin Burns. That uh, is just not too far removed from winning a Cy Young as well. And And the fact that you probably want to keep some of your better players happy because you probably in a perfect world would like to keep those players. Uh And a lot of times in the same perfect world, those same players are like the leaders of your team because they are some of the better ones. Yeah. And therefore the chemistry on the team is better. They're happier. (laughs) How about this? Like, like you Burns was in attendance for his hearing. So he was there to hear that the arbiters are siding with the Milwaukee Brewers. And then what does he have to do? As soon as he hears that he's not getting the raise that he wanted and the Brewers are cheating him out of $740,000, then he's got to turn right around in less than 12 hours and report to pitchers and catchers uh, in Arizona. Do you think that's going to be a little awkward for Corbin Burns or, you know, the guy's a pro's pro? Like, he's, he's going to go out there, he's going to do his thing, he's going to keep going. Well, I, I guess we'll see. Well, for Corbin Burns, like, deep down, I bet he's still pissed. I would like, be. Like, why wouldn't you be? Yeah. But on the surface, 
he is a professional. He is one of the best pitchers in baseball. He'll come out, he'll do his thing, but you don't think deep down in the back of his mind that he's just like, F them. This is BS. Yeah. Well, I bet you Matt Arnold, the Brewers GM now, is probably thinking like, man, um, we're we're playing a, uh, you know, we're walking well, a thin line right Corbin here. Corbin Burns is also playing for that next contract. Yeah. We talk about how right now he's 28 years old. He, he's a guy that's just getting out of his or coming towards the end of his arbitration. He has the 2023 season and technically he's under ARB for 2024 that's two more years of baseball before he gets to sign his massive deal. At at the most, yeah. Is it- he's still working on on pitching for that huge deal? Like his goal should be being the best pitcher possible for the next two years, cashing in on that huge dollar signs that he's going to get here shortly. So do you think that's what? Kind so of he like- can't he can't sandbag. So do you think that's why? Uh, part of the reason why Matt Arnold and the Brewers kind of do what they're doing is because they know that he's in a predicament like that. Like they'll risk potentially alienating him because he has that one season that he's got to prove it. Well, well not he prove can't, it, but he can't sandbag and all of a sudden expect to get top, you know, top well, that's shelf what, that's type what I'm money. Do you think that's like the Brewers are kind of doing that? No, because the just putting him in that situation probably pushes him further and further from your franchise. Like we know we're going to get one more really good year out of you because you ha- you want to get paid in full and if it's somewhere else then so be it, you know? Then if if they really feel that way, then they've basically lied to all of their fans and saying that we want to not only draft, develop and grow our own talent but sign our good players, at least try to keep the guys that we've developed. Yeah. You know who they drafted? Corbin Burns. Yeah. You know who was a big prospect coming up for him? Corbin Burns. You know who struggled once he got to the big leagues? Went to their fab pitching lab, like their their old lab that they had that they created the and were on the cutting lab. edge yeah, with? Yeah. Who graduated from that and all of a sudden came out of that as a much better pitcher and, and stuff was on point? Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns. Isn't he not the model of exactly what the Brewers preach and would like? A guy that was drafted by him, a guy that showed a ton of promise in the minors, a guy that struggled, came back to their lab, refound it, and now he's a Cy Young. That's like everything. That's the reason why the lab is there. He is the. He is exactly what the Brewers would the ideally want. Yeah, and he's now, not going to be a Brewer in a couple of years. No. I guarantee it. And the Brewers looked at him and said, "You want seven hundred forty thousand dollars more than we want to offer you? Well, we're going to take you to." Court. But at the same time, the Brewers tell fans that they're willing to spend money if the players are good and the team is in contention. Well, the team is in contention. Corbin Ger- Burns is quite good, and there's not going to be a contract. Yeah, well, I keep seeing the, there's a common theme in along uh, a lot of the baseball uh, Milwaukee Brewers beat writers. It's this. Uh, here's, here's Adam McKelvey. It's a fair question. Why would a team risk souring its relationship with a star over a relatively modest slice of salary. That's I've seen you know, Todd Rosdiak, I've seen Adam McKelvey, I've seen everyone saying the same thing. Why are you risking souring your relationship with your ace? Oh, I can tell you why. Because they're cheap? Well, <laughs> multiple reasons here. But the basic ones that stick out that make the most sense is, A, they know he's not going to be a brewer. They're not going to extend them. Mm. B, they don't care if they get into squabbling matches because, again, he's not going to be a brewer. And C, they will rather pinch pennies and say that they're trying to save all the money possible to 
to form a World Series contender knowing that they're never going to have to deal with Corbin Burns after these next year or so. Yeah. Like Corbin Burns is not in the future. If Corbin Burns was in the future, they would have Corbin Burns would have, they would have been like, Oh, okay. Cy Young award finished in the top five. Another time should have finished in the top five, two, three years ago. Yeah. We'll pay you twelve, you know, 10, seven, five, whatever you're looking for. That's not a big deal. That's less than a million dollars. Yeah. Instead, they, <laughs> I can't wait. Do you to think, read, do you think a team the like the Yankees would do this? No. Do you think a team like the Dodgers would do this? No. How about the Red Sox? No. How about the Phillies? No. Yeah. Because they're looking, cause they know that their ultimate goal would be to re-sign Corbin Burns. Yeah. Now, one of the things that all those teams you just listed have going for them, a lot more money than the Milwaukee Brewers. That's the, uh, uh, those TV markets, Rowdy. All right, a lot of interesting uh, stuff coming out here for the the Brew Crew. Pitchers and Catchers report uh, today. And then um, I can't wait to read Matt Arnold, the GM, uh, his his uh, his statement of them taking Corbin Burns to arbitration, to the ruling. I can't wait to read it. Uh, and look at this. Oh, 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 I'll save this. I'll save this, actually. All right, so, uh, yeah, Pitchers and Catchers report. There is uh, drama already unfolding for the crew. Love it. And then we're going to see our new catcher, Rowdy. Uh, all the time they need to get uh, familiar with uh, Contreras. Uh, some positive stuff for the Brewers. That's a good move for the Milwaukee Brewers. We start with a bad move with Corbin Burns and not paying him money. But the good move of them acquiring Contreras. Uh, how stoked are you to see the new catcher get underway here once the season uh, kind of gets ramps up? Well, if you go back and look at um, what Omar Nervaez and what the catcher position was last year for the Milwaukee Brewers, it doesn't take much to upgrade that that position <laughs> offensively. Doesn't take Victor you. Carantini and Omar Nervaez combined to be like one of the worst catching duos offensively in baseball. That wasn't good, was it? They were terrible. It was not good. Omar Nervaez never got going. Victor, Victor Carantini was all right in the first half of the season where he was batting like 243, got, I think it was. Who got popped up the roids again? So, uh, that uh, was Severino. Yeah, that yeah. he see. Well, he he is the one that threw the the wrench into the catching position from day one, right away. Because remember, Roids. Pedro Severino was a guy that also had a a decent offensive uh, track, like a history offensively, right? Yes. So it was supposed to be Severino being the backup to Narvaez where Narvaez was supposed to be a hitting catcher, but started really turning it around defensively since he became a Milwaukee brewer and they worked with him. Uh huh. Well, he gets popped literally like the day before the season. <laughs> yeah, it was. And that was when Stearns goes, well, oh crap. You know, I thought we had our catching position in line, but um, looking at AAA, we got a few guys that aren't ready. We got a quadruple A player that I don't care to be on the roster for a hundred games. Cause it's really going to hurt Narvaez. I got to go make a deal. That's when he went and traded for Victor Carantini. Yeah. And then Victor Carantini played really well or, at least what you were hoping for in the first half of the season and then went MIA in the second half and Omar Narvaez, I don't know if he actually ever showed up. Yeah, I don't know if he really did either. But, hey, we got a nice little one now in William Contreras uh, for the Brewers. They were like bottom three in the league offensively from the catcher position. Yeah, they stunk. But, again, William Contreras, this guy's going to be good. Um, our guy Dan from Best Fight Picks, Atlanta Braves fan, he said you guys are really going to like this dude. You know, I don't even, I'm going to have to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure 
that both Victor Carantini and Omar Narvaez did not even bat their weights last season. Oh, get the research department on that, Rowdy. Well, I'm, I'm going to take the under. Yeah, yeah, get the research department on that. GM Matt Arnold, Milwaukee Brewers. I'm going to read the response as. Uh, Do it. Well, real quick, our guy J.A. Krebs, and I said this yesterday. <laughs> maybe we got to embrace the Milwaukee Brewers being cheap instead of getting mad about it. Yeah. Like, you know, life's no fun when you're mad all the time. Like, I mean, flip it on its head and get, I can't believe we saved $740,000. Woo! Like, good for the Brewers. Yeah. Just think of all the no-name guys we could get coming up here out of the, coming out of the bullpen. All of the guys. Like, maybe, maybe there'll be a cult hero for a season out of that $740,000. Maybe there's a bunch of guys who suck. Or maybe they'll just stash it from Rock Garanazio to buy some more sports memorabilia from back in the day. Yeah. Maybe you got to embrace it. But Corbin Burns, he wanted some moolah. He wanted a $6.55 million raise. Brewers uh, were like, okay, well, we're going to go 10.01. Yeah, bruh. And we're going to go to arbitration. Uh, Burns wanted 10.75. Yep. Brewers said 10.01. The trio judges, they sided with the Brewers. J.A. Krebs, he says, uh, first win of the year for the crew. Hashtag penny pinchers. So we're looking at it from the flip side now. Rowdy, would you ever look at it from the maybe the, the positive side? Yeah, of the, the, the bre- like the Brewers are, are so good at what they do. It's saving money. This is a plus. This is a good thing, not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, maybe if it translated into actual wins on the field. Like if they were – if the if the Milwaukee – so okay, seriously, seriously, we yeah. think that this is the golden age for the Milwaukee Brewers now, right? Basically, well, I'll even allow them to include 2017 where it was a team that was supposed to win like maybe 70 games and they were a game away from going to the postseason. And then you had 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. And now here we are at 23, probably the last true year of this window unless they extend guys or stuff. They make trades, but probably the end of this window is this season. We're in the golden age, as they have said. So we've been told. Yeah, so we've been told. But here, here's the thing. The Milwaukee Brewers are trying to almost model themselves with some of the stuff that they do with another organization. That organization is the Tampa Bay Rays. The Tampa Bay Rays have played kind of this money ball, um, play farm system ball. type, kind of the same style. It's not Oakland A's style. That's a hundred percent money ball where you're stripping everything down. They're trying to be the Tampa Bay Rays. Only difference here is that we're in the golden age. We haven't witnessed a World Series. Tampa Bay has been in multiple World Series here. Yeah. <laughs> so Moneyball, there should do a sequel starting the Brewers called Cheap Ball. It could star it could be the transition from David Stearns at the end to the transition to Matt Arnold. Uh let's see. I'm gonna play the uh read the uh, response here. From the one and only Brewers GM, Man Arnold. <clears throat> when Rowdy said this to me, I'm like, I can't wait to read this. All right. Corbin Burns did not win his arbitration case, sided with the Milwaukee Brewers. Matt Arnold, the new GM, here is his response. You ready? <clears throat> Look, we and he both tried exceptionally hard to come to an agreement. To Corbin's credit, he has the opportunity to say, no. We did what we could to avoid the hearing, if at all possible, as evidence, I think, by the fact that we settled with 10 of our 11 cases. That is our hope, that we settle all of these cases before we go to a hearing. We want to be solution-based. We always want to try to get a place where the player is comfortable. 
And also, we respect the heck out of Corbin's right to push for what he believes is fair. He means a ton to our team. And regardless of the outcome, we want to treat our players exceptionally well. Corbin has been a leader for our franchise. He has been a pillar for the community. He has done everything you could possibly and asked and beyond. We respect the process. And Corbin is a pro. We know he is going to take the ball every day and dominate every fifth day like he has for years, whatever the outcome is today. Sincerely, Stan. I mean, Ann Arnold. What do you think of that response, Rowdy? RJ, both of you. I mean, the whole thing is just trying not to say we don't want to pay him. That's all that is. And then they like stroke. They like stroke him. They're like, oh, he's been a leader for a franchise, a pillar for the community. He's done everything possible. We asked and beyond, but, but we don't want to pay you. Ten point oh one. Hey, you did all of this. You want to saw Young. You had the most strikeouts in the NL. You were uh, second most in the majors behind Garrett Cole. You had 33 career starts. That's uh, the most you've ever had. You're a, you're a pillar of the community. Great for our franchise. <laughs> but no, you want to raise? No, it's not happening. Whoa, no, 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 no. If you're coming at this from Corbin Burns' perspective, the guys that you are probably looking at are some of the guys signing huge deals, right? That's who I'm comparative to the guys signing big deals that have had success that have been in Cy Young award races. But if he looks at somebody in the same locker room as him and says, well, I'm going to compare myself to this guy. That's probably Brandon Woodruff, right? Yeah. It's a guy that's Weirdly enough, Brandon Woodruff only has slightly more service time than Corbin Burns, but he, due to how his uh, service time came out, had to go through four years of arbitration. Corbin Burns has uh, three, so he's on year three versus uh, Brandon Woodruff, which means he'd slightly be higher. But think about this. Brandon Woodruff this year without with with just agreeing to the deal and not going to arbitration is going to get a four million dollar raise from 6.8 million Uh. you have a guy in corbin burns who was making 6.5 million Mm -hmm. so just three hundred thousand less than brandon woodruff and they offered him 10.01 really so that's that's not even a four million dollar raise like woody got yeah so comparatively, you're, if you're Corbin Burns, you're sitting there going, well, we're essentially in the same spot when it comes to arbitration numbers, like the years that we've been out. Brandon Woodruff is slightly older than me, and he slightly has more big league service time. How many but more I have the Cy Young. <laughs> I finished in the top five of the Cy Young more. If anything, that probably cancels out the the small service time where I'm behind and the, you know, the small part of being a slightly younger oh. run behind, but I does have he, the does, Cy Young. Does he have any nerve damage? Exactly. Oh, Corbin, Brandon Woodruff Corbin Burns has Burns never had not. any major injuries where he's m- missed yeah. big time. Fingers crossed going yeah. into the season, but 
You're right. And, and if you're coming at this as a Corbin Burns thing where you're already like, well, they're not talking to my team. I'm probably not going to be back here. Are you kidding me? I don't even get the same raise as the guy that's on my team that I've pitched just as well as, if not better than. Yeah, it's crazy. You think he'll pull a rowdy and tell the Brewers to oh, F oh, you? Oh, not to Les, right? This <laughs> One of the things in the comment by... Arnold there is well you know we settled with 11 out of our 12 players or 10 whatever, out of 11 10 out of 11 players whatever it is who gives a crap <laughs> but a lot of those players that they settled with are guys that are not necessarily coming off of the best of seasons they I don't think they also think it, go high to get to that number like, that like think about Brewers. this coming coming Come off with, of two years ago no MVPs or Cy Young Luis Arias nope. hit 249 he hit over 20 bombs and he played pretty decent defense after that first little few weeks of that blip where he had to play shortstop where they traded Orlando Arcia before they acquired Willie Adamas. He came off of a really good season in 2021 into 2022. He's one of the ARB guys. Yeah. Well, in 2022, he kind of flopped. Yes. He was a guy that he he had a lot of talent. He had played in parts of big league seasons. 2021 flashes. 2022 <laughs> flops. Now we're going into 2023 hoping for something from a guy that, again, is still in his mid-20s. Mm-hmm. But that... When you're talking about arbitration, when you have a down year, you don't get you, you're going into arbitration, not going to get your highest amount allotted because right. of the season you're coming off of. It's easier to settle with guys that are young like that, that aren't necessarily coming off of their best seasons because they're never going to get that total in the arbitration deal anyways. So Loris Arias. Obviously, he wasn't going to get the money that he probably hoped for. You can look at uh, Adrian Hauser. He was coming off of a down year. He was all right with taking what the next step up was because he wasn't going to get any more than that. Same thing with Eric Lauer. You can go right down this list. There wasn't a lot of guys offensively or even on the pitching staff that stayed healthy and had great seasons that were really going to make some huge jump in arbitration where they would easily win the case. And that's also why the Brewers' expectations were playoffs, and they didn't get there. Because some of those guys that are some of the key components you were looking at that you were hoping were going to continue to pitch well or take jumps, they didn't necessarily do that, and they weren't going to actually get any more money in arbitration, so it made sense. Corbin Burns, on the other hand, makes sense why he wouldn't want to settle for what he got. The other two that I could have maybe thought about would have been... Woodruff, but again, he missed a month, month and a half because of the fingers. Yeah. So that was going to go but against my him. fingers hurt. Willie Adamas probably could have been a guy that no, could have skipped. He probably, he probably could have skipped arbitration or at least, uh, took in, uh, taken them to arbitration and maybe have won. But again, that's, that's Both two guys out of the entire team where they had a lot of guys going to arbitration that yeah. probably had good cases of winning. And in theory for guys that really were arbitration guys, it was only Burns and Adamas and they settled with one. They, they, they shot 50% in real in reality. Yeah. All right. But he had to bring up all the other guys that he knows that is BS too. Three, three things. The King says on Twitch, how, uh, what did he say? What's the uh, total for like teams versus players when arbitration who, who wins out? Is it how often do players win in arbitration? Right now, the teams are winning five to three. So teams have won five cases, players have won three. 
So there's that. Rowdy, we were talking about the catcher position, trying to find some positives for the Brewers. Pitchers and catchers report today. William Contreras, the new catcher. And then we went down uh, the rabbit hole of old catchers of how uh, big of an upgrade this is. And then you made the comment, I don't think they batted their weight. Did you figure it out? Did you, the research department find it for you? Yeah, and it was pretty easy to do. So you got Victor. Well, we'll start with the starter. Omar Narvaez was the starter going into last season. Omar Narvaez stands 5'11", weighs in at 220. Mm. He finished the year batting 206. Ah! Victor Carantini, the guy traded for almost a day before the season started because Pedro Severino got popped with PEDs. He stands six foot one. <laughs> he weighs 215 pounds. He batted a solid 199. Man. Now, and if you even look at the, the two combined, What's the, the average at bats for a guy that you would consider got a full season of at bats in the big leagues is always right around 600. Yeah. Victor Carantini and Omar Narvaez combined nearly got 300 plate appearances each. Oh. They combined, they combined to have 13 home runs and 57 RBIs. That was the catching position. They were in the bottom three of Major League Baseball last year when it came to productivity for the catcher position. And it was just downright terrible. When they traded for Omar Narvaez, Omar Narvaez was coming from the Mar- uh was coming from the Mariners where he had a big season. He batted two seventy eight, hit twenty two home runs. He was a guy where they're like, Okay, this guy might struggle defensively, but he's gonna bring a little pop to the catching position. Well, he comes in and remember 2020 was his first year. He absolutely struggled. Then in 2021, when he was an all-star Narvaez hit for the first three, four months and then fell off went MIA in the last couple Uh, months did hit above his weight. He did, (laughs) but he finally, and everyone's like, Oh, you know, we're, we're, we got some of this pop back. Right. And then the next thing, you know, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he goes MIA and yeah. then he comes into 2022 and you're like, okay, well he showed that he was actually since he became a brewer getting better defensively. He started dating MIA and the group. Now we yeah. just need him, him to hit because the defense is kind of above average. Like he's throwing the ball. Well, well he didn't hit at all last year. Yeah. So you got a guy that you thought was going to be your hitting catcher that you as a, a Craig council and a staff, could improve his defense, which they did. They made him from one of the worst statistical defensive catchers into an above average catcher defensively. His bat just disappeared. Well, then you bring in Victor Carantini and Victor Carantini is, is pretty much that guy where he's going to be a good veteran. He knows how to call a game. He's decent defensively and he's going to hit probably like 240. And he's not going to have a ton of pop, but he'll be like a solid backup. Well, he looked good for the first three months hitting the baseball. He was hitting kind of right where you would expect him to. And then his bat went MIA. So now you bring in William Contreras and William Contreras is this young kid. The Braves have a ton of different catchers. They had like three major uh, major league caliber catchers last year, and they have one in the farm system that is going to be at the big league level here shortly. They had too many catchers. They had to get rid of some. 
they end up trading William Contreras to the Brewers. This is a guy that had less than 400 at bats, yet he hit 20 home runs, batted almost 280. And he's a guy that struggles defensively. He wasn't a very good defensive catcher. If Craig Council and this Brewers staff can do what they did to Omar Nervaez defensively, and William Contreras comes in and hits at even a more hitter-friendly park at American Family Field, they're not going to be in the bottom three of the catcher pr- RJ, production. So do you think they'll RJ. put him into the catching lab? I, I would have RJ. to imagine defensively. Yeah. You have a stat. Oh, I think it's the same no, no, stat no. you have. I, I was just going to say, oh, well, offensively, if I'm the Brewers, stay away from him. The kid came in and, went, right. and well, hopefully they get made three the hitting all-star coaches game. Yeah. He made the all-star game essentially as a hitting catcher, right. as a rookie. Stay away from him with the bat. I don't need any of the hey, hitting the coaches talking Brewers to had him. two hitting Good coaches last year. Uh, he's a buck 80. Oh, so, so hopefully he can hit his weight. He can keep hitting above his weight. Let's hope he hits like double his weight. That'd be nice. <laughs> like That may well, be Hall of Fame. So but. far, he's hit... Three uh, uh, three oh three beautiful uh, in one hundred sixty three at bats in twenty twenty one and like Rowdy said two seventy eight only a buck eighty let's go baby yeah let's go it should be a big time improvement from the catcher position but this Milwaukee Brewers team still has a lot of question marks when you look at right field who's replacing Hunter Renfro. Right now, the pencil in right fielder is Tyrone Taylor, yeah. who the last two years has been very up and down. Uh, I don't think center field can get any worse from what it was last year with the remains of Lorenzo Kane and Jonathan Ooh. Davis. Yeah, the lead singer of corn. Because <laughs> you'd have to imagine that Garrett Mitchell, even though he's going to be coming in for his true rookie years, can't play any worse than what those two did. But then you look at uh, just in general second base, huge question mark. Colton Wong didn't have his greatest year, but Bryce Terang is is a rookie that's never played at the big league level before. You gotta, you don't know what you're getting there. You could get a solid ball player, or you could get nothing. And then the the bullpen, you get nothing. The bullpen, yeah, you lost Josh Hader. You still have Devin Williams, but you you changed up and and kind of refreshed the bullpen with a lot of new live arms, but still a lot of question marks. You're not you're not as back end heavy like you were when you had Boxberger, Williams, Hater. It's now Williams. The other two are gone. The Wiz kids had won it. Bobby Thompson had done it. And Yogi read the comics all the while. Pitchers and catchers have reported. Brewers baseball is upon us. The rest of the crew is uh, up till the twenty first. Uh, Yelich and Contreras. Corbin Burns getting screwed by Mark Adonazio and that Arnold saying, oops. There's a lot of things in life that I think you can equate to baseball. Kind of like the three strikes and you're out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hitting know, a home run. Hit, yeah, hitting a home run. <laughs> getting the first base, second base. Can we just officially say with Christian Yelich, okay, 2020 was the shortened, weird COVID year. You came back and whatever. That year, whatever. Throw it out. 2021, you were terrible. 2022, it's like, oh, now we got to move you to the leadoff spot. Can we officially say that in 2023, if he is anything remotely close to what he's been in 2021 and 2022, that he's just no good, and I, he's no longer the face 
was he ever? I mean, he was for like a year. Like who's but the he'll, fifth? He'll be the butt of all jokes <laughs> because he's he's just not good anymore. Yeah, but he gets paid like it. Boy, God, but that's does the he thing. Ever... At the time, the the contract was was, was, good. was great, it was team yeah. friendly, and for the projection of his career and where it looks like he was at and where he was going, it made all the sense in the world. But then the kneecap happened. That's and the moment. Nothing has went right since. That's the moment. But can we say three straight below average years in a row? I'm all out on him ever being anything. Well, the, the King just asked a good question. How many games until we say Christian Yelich is back? Well, it'll be the first time he hits a home run. Yeah, no, yeah, the first time he has like it'll be two, the first two good games in a five game span. He'll hit a home run, but Christian Yelich is back. But he'll hit the home run like thirty games into the season. I don't know about you, and I don't know about the people listening out there, but I'm saying this: I'm holding out hope that Christian Yelich can be borderline All Star material. <laughs> For one more season. For one more season. And if he can't do it this year, he ain't ever going to do it. Then he's done. And it's probably, it makes Ryan Braun, I pray every night. No, if, he's a praying man, folks. If he does not come through and be at least borderline all-star, I will pray every single night for Ryan Braun's contract again because of how bad this Yelich contract. How do you pray be? it when you do it, Rowdy? Like, can you can you do it for us? Like, how do you how do you pray? It's a private matter. Like, dear sweet baby Jesus, no. uh, <laughs> little eight pound. <laughs> we're enough. But I please, will pray every please, night for the Ryan God. Braun contract to come back because it was so much better than what this Yelich contract will be, especially if he stinks. Dear Lord. And I don't. I think if you listen to this show... Please let Christian Yelich be a borderline all-star. 20, <laughs> circa 2017 to 2019, you would know that I didn't have a ton of love for Ryan Braun. No, you'd throw his home run ball back. Rowdy's, who, Rowdy, by the way, he's like the first person I ever saw wear a Christian Yelich Brewers jersey. I can see him at night right now. It's at, it's night. Uh, he's got his nighty on, which is his Christian Yellows jersey. He's by his bed. Uh, his his hands are up on you know the mattress. And he goes, dear Lord, please let Christian Yelich just be a borderline all star this year. I can't stomach the amount of money he makes for the production he puts out there. Please God, please, Amen, Nelson. Would you pray? Do you sign off with your name? Or you just say amen. Oh. <laughs> Do people usually sign off like amen, Nelson? <laughs> I, I think we got all right. There's there's the prayer for Rowdy. All right, Rowdy. But it's it's just like, dear Lord, <laughs> why? Please let him be a borderline all star. It's all why, I ask. As Brewer fans, do we get treated like this? Why, when they shell out the big money, does our guy test positive for PEDs? Not once, but twice, and he got disciplined for it. He's once. innocent. He said so. Why does our guy never come back from a kneecap injury? Why does our owner hate us? God's testing you. That's why. God's test. It's a test from God. Why don't you take them from us? You're asking, you're asking the wrong question. It's not why. Why are you doing this to me, God? It's like, please, Lord, let me learn from this. How can I be a better man? I hear Vegas is nice this time of year. <laughs> I hear Nashville is nice-er this time of year.